It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day. It is episode number 313 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us as we continue to count you down to Monday night football between the 1-1 one one Chicago Bears and the 0-2 Washington Redskins. I'm your host, Chris Russell. You can follow me on Twitter at Russellmania621, at Russellmania621. Follow the podcast for all sorts of news information uh, and uh, all sorts of good stuff. At Locked Redskins at Locked Redskins on Twitter. Joining me on tonight's episode is my good pal, P.J. Elliott from 106.7 The Fam in Washington, D.C. He also does a bunch of other things. Uh, and you can follow him at P.J. Elliott Radio, at P.J. Elliott Radio uh, on Twitter is how you find him. He is the master of the fire Bruce Allen shirt, <laughs> although he's not wearing one tonight. Hello, Peach. How are you? It's not game day. <laughs> that's saved for, for that's Sundays com- and Mondays. Yeah, I was going to say, that's coming out uh, on Monday. Did you see that Bruce Allen sold his mansion Good. in McLean, Virginia? Good for him. Hopefully, it's the first step of him leaving D.C. I was gonna, He took a loss on it, Peach. And I, oh, I, poor him. I, I cracked to somebody, it's not the first time that's happened. No. No, poor, poor Bruce. I, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, you you think he'll be yeah. be able to pay the uh, put put dinner on the table tomorrow night? Yeah, I'm sure he'll be all right. <laughs> um, on a serious note, I, I I wonder if this is just. I mean, it has to be right because he's tried to sell it for years and years and years. I, maybe the traffic was too bad for him. I don't know. Uh, the, the bottom line is he's tried to sell it for years. He bought some, like, palatial estate or whatever out in the Southern California area, which is clearly where he wants to retire. Does it mean anything to you that now he's, like, not uh, – like, like that he finally got this done and he was in ta- – is, is this signifying any sort of plan of his to leave the Redskins organization, whether he's forced to or not? One can only hope. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I hate crapping on the guy, but – Good God, he's just so bad at his job, and it's it's just frustrating. They, you know, just to typical run of the mill Redskins fans who don't know anything about front office structure or anything, they clearly see that he's doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. People that cover the team see that he's doing a bad job. Players see that he's doing a bad job. Coaches seeing he's doing a bad job. Why the hell can't Snyder do something about it? Like get this guy out of control. Well, so here's the thing. I do know that there are coaches and players that have had good relationships with him. You know, like D'Angelo Hall has always had a good relationship with Bruce. Now, uh, you know, I think there was some fraying, if you will, when when they didn't hire him as the secondary coach. I know Sean McVay, who's you know become boy wonder, uh, I believe had a very good relationship with Bruce. Now, you know, I, I think Bruce treats people that he – like holds with like some sort of reverence really well. It's just he treats nobody else really well, including a lot of people that worked with him and a lot of people that, you know, may have a different opinion of him than he has of himself. Right. You can be a nice person 
or you can be a terrible person. Either way, you can still be both of those things and be bad at your job. I don't. That's I, the key point for you. Yeah, is you can be whatever you want. Right. You're just bad at your I, job. I've had really nice bosses that were terrible at their jobs as program director, and I've had really awful humans as my employers that were just like you might not like them, but they were good at their job. I'd rather have somebody that comes across as harsh and you know like sort of like Belichick and does a good job. Right. That's I just want this team to win. I want to care about Sundays again. I want to stop being five minutes into a football game and say, well, here we go again. It's just so frustrating because there's so many holes that should have been addressed that, that just every year, year in and year out, they, they just go overlooked because – Bruce Allen is in charge. Well, at least this year it's it's taken until like 17 minutes. Right. Well, yes. Okay. I'll give uh, you that. Before you say, here we go again. So we're making progress. I, I just know the inevitable is coming. That's right. All. PJ Elliott with us at PJ Elliott Radio, 106.7 The Fan, uh, at PJ Elliott Radio. Am I allowed to say your other job or no? Yeah, sure. Okay. USA Today. USA Today uh, as well. Uh, so kudos to him. I, I don't think we've had you on since you started that uh, job. So he's cornering the market. He's building a radio and media empire. Yeah. Uh, for himself. All right, so let's get to Monday Night Football. One of the things we talked about on the radio on the show uh, on 106.7 The Fan Radio.com was, like, before the season, would you have expected, if the Redskins were to lose on Monday night to the Bears, of course, they're 0-3. They take they would have taken on three straight playoff opponents from last yeah. year, two division winners, and, you know, one wild card team. Um were you expecting an 0 and 3 start? Were you were you hoping that it would just be like if they could just get one and two? How were you kind of approaching these first three games before the season? And now as we sit here at 0 and 2, do you think they have any chance on Monday night? I I wasn't going to be surprised if let's start with the 0 and 2. So I wasn't going to be surprised if they were 0 and 2. Uh, I was hopeful that they would do something against the Eagles, given that Wentz didn't really see any playing time and he's coming off of an injury. Didn't see any uh, preseason playing time. Right. So I was kind of hopeful that, you know, maybe you can sneak one out there. Right. Cowboys, I, okay, yeah, they're really good. It's a loss. Um, so I'm not I'm not upset or shocked. So you, the, you just let me jump in. You, you treated – the Cowboys with more reverence than the Eagles, or I, I, I just, I'm not surprised that they right. lost. Um, and 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 I'm not surprised that they lost to the Eagles either. Like I, you know, when I when I look at the schedule, just like everyone else does, you know, you look at it like, okay, this is what I think the record's going to be. My problem or my issue though is that I didn't I didn't think that this is how they were going to be zero and two. When you've got a, a terrible offensive line, which I thought was going to be better, I thought, you know, who saw the Trent Williams thing coming? Um, obviously, Geis going down was a surprise. Right. So those couple things, and then and then the entire preseason, it was the defense is going to be so good. The defense right. is going to be the key to this thing. Okay, well, then I can buy into Case Keenum as the quarterback. So how they got to the 0-2 was the surprising part to me on – how bad the defense has been playing, how terrible Josh Norman looks, whether people want to uh, defend him or not. He looks terrible. And it's the majority of the time that he looks terrible. 
Uh, the, the secondary is bad. The, the defensive line not getting pressure, and I understand that Jonathan Allen's not there, but there's still other people. There's Ionitis. Uh, there, there's Ryan Kerrigan who has what one sack one right sack, now, right. Um, and 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 uh, Deron Payne looks, you know, looks okay, but it's they a, haven't gotten anything from the other edge linebacker spot either, Montez right. Sweat or Ryan. Oh Anderson. yeah, then Sweat. That's another thing. You trade up for this yeah. guy, and I understand that he's a rookie, but God, you got to like show something, and and it's just it's bad in every position, just about on the defensive side. The offensive side, the the two bright spots are two guys that nobody would have thought. Right. That nobody saw Terry McLaurin in the preseason. Well, everybody, everybody taught. Except, well, well, except yes. for the rooster. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. I was hopeful. Like it's a rookie. Just, it's a it's a rookie receiver. You right. never know what they're going to do. Right. And Case Keenum is lighting the world on fire, but it doesn't matter because they're zero and two. So back to the point. I thought I wasn't going to be surprised that they're 0-2. I'm surprised how they got there. I thought it was going to be Case Keenum throws a bunch of picks. Um, maybe the receivers don't don't show up. You know, another thing we we didn't even talk about Jordan Reed. Like, you know, who saw that that can cut? Like, you know, they're just they need to figure something out because everything that was going to be a problem isn't a problem. And everything right. that wasn't going to be a problem right. is a huge problem. So real quickly before we hit the first break, do you think that's just like bad karma, bad planning, bad execution, bad luck? What do you think? I I mean, it sounds like because, you know, of how critical you are of Bruce Allen, you're absolutely right to to be that it's bad planning, but some of that is bad luck and bad karma, right? I think they're, you know, yes, it is bad luck. What Darius Geis is going through is bad luck. It sucks for him. He, I, I love him as a person. He's a great human being. From, I, you know, I met him and and what he portrays himself in the in the media and in his social media presence. I love him. I want nothing but the best for him. So that's bad luck. But then it's also terrible planning. There's no backup plan, and and that comes from the top. How much of a backup plan should there be, though, for, I mean, in a case like Geist, the head coach wanted to move on from Adrian Peterson. It appears the front office was the one that spared him, and thank goodness. Thank goodness what? What did he do last well, I know, but <laughs> like I, I mean. It doesn't matter but who's I mean, running the mean ball Adrian if you have no gonna, line. Well, so, so, so obviously that's an issue, and yet Donald Penn and Eric Flowers haven't really been the problem People love Brandon Sheriff, and and I I get it. Brandon Sheriff is good, very good, uh, kind of depending on the moment. For an offensive line with as much money invested, even when they had Trent Williams, they they struggle to move the football when they absolutely have to, and they get ambushed a lot. Quite honestly, they do. And and one of the other things that I'm tired of hearing is how great of a coach Bill Callahan yeah, is. I think a lot of people are getting tired of that. Okay, if you're that great, you've got. You know, one of the best, what we're told, one of the best guards in the league, do something with it. The guards are supposed to be the guys blocking for the runners, right? Right. What are they, they doing? They can never run successfully and consistently up the middle. And, and, and maybe and that's a Jay thing. Maybe interior. it's it's his scheme. Yeah. But there, and I'm not saying that that Jay's not to blame because he definitely is to blame on some of this stuff. But it, it seems like everybody's got a big piece of this pie on on where they can lay the blame. P.J. Elliott with us. We'll come back, do another segment, uh, and uh, we will tell you that Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. 
For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code Locked on. That's MacWeldon.com, promo code locked on. M A C K W E L D O N. MacWeldon.com on the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 313. Thanks for being with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is episode number 313 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Back with P.J. Elliott for a couple of minutes. So the Redskins host the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football, P.J. Mitch Trubisky, a lot of talk about him. I think it's pretty safe to say that he has been up and down. Do you, as a Redskins fan, worry about a guy like Mitch Trubisky who's got athleticism, who was a number 2 overall pick, who obviously can make some big plays when given the opportunity to and when he's on, or do you look at this as this is get-right time? <laughs> no, I there's not one person, one quarterback in this league that uh, that's on the Redskins schedule that I think, oh, you know what? Yeah, they can bounce back from this. No, I worry about everyone. I'm not going to pick the Redskins to win a single game, and that includes the <laughs> Dolphins. They, 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 can't, they can't hold on to a lead. They can't stop anybody. The defense is terrible. There's, like, I mean, I, I try to go into every week and be semi-positive. I, I hate being Nancy or, or negative Nancy about every single thing. Right. We're now at the point, and I know that it's only after week two heading into week three, but they they can't stop anybody. Josh Norman can't cover a, ch- a sleeping child with a blanket. He he's awful. That's that that's tough going if you can't do I, that. I'm I'm done with him. Yeah. He he does not deserve the money that he's getting paid. Um, people that defend him are are either too close or they're blind. Um, there's a lot of people that defend them. They're either too close to him yeah. or they're blind. They don't know football. Yeah. Like, I don't claim to be – I'm obviously not an NFL coach, but I know good good yeah. defense when I see it, and he is not playing my, good defense. My thing about Josh Norman is, you know, you could say, well, Monte Nicola, he was expecting safety help. I mean, I've heard Dominique rogers Cromarty on the other side of the, of the touchdown uh, to Devin Smith the other day for the Cowboys should have been more help when he, you know, should have rotated. Like, I get all of that. But, I mean, at some point, reality has to set in. And it's something that I've been saying, and, and quite honestly, something I've been saying since before he even, or as he signed, is he does not have naturally great speed. Right. And he does not also have naturally great size, i.e., you know, Richard Sherman-type size that can help you make up for some of that speed with your length. He's six foot, six foot and change, whatever he is. He's tough. He's physical. My question always was, can he hold up? Can he stick hip-to-hip like Byron Jones did with Terry McLaurin on the first play of the game? Where, yes, a better throw maybe beats him, but you look at the coverage, Byron Jones is right there with a 4-3-5 guy, hip-to-hip, leg-to-leg. And Josh Norman cannot do that. So we could blame miscommunication all we want, but the Redskins bought somebody 
that quite honestly was a good fit when he was younger in the right system with a great pass rush in zone coverage, in cover three, um, not in man-to-man defense, and not when he has to take on the kind of receivers that are in the NFL now. No, especially now that that he's he has to cover the number one receivers. Yeah. Like there's no there's nobody else. Yeah. Everybody's hurt. DRC gets put on the IR, which by the way, we didn't even talk about. Ten players on the IR right. and we're not even to the third game of the season. Is it already ten? It's ten. Uh-huh. DRC is the tenth. <sighs> And and listen, Quentin Dunbar doesn't look like he's re- going to be ready to play for Monday night. And Jay kind of, you know, I mean, on a short week, he might not be ready to go against the New York Giants. Right. You know, and Monte Nicholson's banged up with a foot injury. Maybe, maybe Trent's onto something about the yeah. staff. Like, yeah. the, Well, I think Trent's more than onto something. Yeah. The, the question <laughs> is, is what exactly he's on and how exactly he's going to handle it. Um, all right, let me ask you this. Uh, with Khalil Mack, right? So the Redskins are are likely not going to be able to run the football. They haven't in the first two weeks. There's no reason to think that against Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, Roquan Smith, all those guys that they're going to be able to have this great rushing day. So if if you're the Redskins and you can't run the ball and and you're struggling like the first two, what what do you do against that kind of front seven? I mean, the only thing I can think of, right, is... You nickel and dime them to death on screens and quick passes, right? Yeah. So you don't expose Case Keenum in these three- and five-step drop. I mean, you're just boom, 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 out, 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 and you try and again, and this is what teams don't like to do. They don't like to put together 10, 12-play drives because they feel like you're going to make a mistake. Jay Gruden even alluded to that um, the other day. So he's saying they need more explosive plays. I wonder if they run more like – more of the jet sweep stuff that we saw last week and more like like one of those home run throwback type plays, which kind of sucks in the pass rush, right. and then they go over the top. I wonder if that's what they do to try and counter some of the Bears' attack. That, that, that would be a good idea, putting Chris Thompson out there a lot more, having him out in the, the flat, uh, maybe some, some, uh, some screens out of the backfield. So they've got to do something. Because you're right, they're not going to be able to run the ball. They're not going to be able to run the ball on the right side because if right. that's where Max going, and they, like you know that Morgan Moses is going to hold him about 15 times, right? So you can't do anything there. And if there is a positive play, then like I said, it's probably going to be a hold. So I don't know. Like you're very I, positive. I'm telling you, man, this is the most negative I've been, really? and, and I've been the I've I've been there for the Spurrier days and and all of all of that. Like I've been through it all and. I just don't see any positivity into this season. Like, there's, there's just none. I, I think, I think the best that can be said. Just McClorn. as we wrap up, McLaurin is yeah. it? That's I, it. As we wrap up, and the special team. I mean, Tressway has been very good. Hopkins. If we're, if we're, if we're coming down to right, a final, I'm just look, saying. I like Tressway, but come saying. on, like. I'm just saying. There, Nick Sundberg's doing a great job snapping yeah, the ball. Like you said, it is weird, right? The defense, which we expected to carry wa- for them to carry water, has given up 31.5 points a game. Uh, the running game, which we expected to be the strength of the offense, has been brutal. The left side of the offensive line, no Trent, Donald Penn, and Eric Flowers, we expected to be a horror show, and it's been pretty okay so far. The right side of the offensive line, which we expected to be the strength of the offensive line, has been mostly a nightmare so yeah. far. You know, so, I mean, you, you know, you get all just, like you said, it, almost the exact opposite of how you, the wide receivers have been good so far. Yeah. 
whereas most people thought that was the weakness of the team. Right. It's just like the exact opposite of everything you thought has been what has happened. So, yeah. We'll see. Uh, my friend, I appreciate it as always Anytime. at PJ Elliott Radio, at PJ Elliott Radio, 1067 The Fan USA Today. My guy, PJ, thank you, pal. Appreciate you. Sure, anytime. All right, we'll come back. Little Case Keenum from Wednesday at Red. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Skins Park meeting with reporters. That's next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode 313. All right, it is Chris Russell with you. Episode number 313 right out to Redskins Park. Let's hear from Redskins quarterback Case Keenum meeting with reporters. Obviously, have the chance to look at the film. What are some things that stuck out to you that you you got your focus on this week? Yeah, a lot of things. Um, third downs. Um, we convert third downs. We score touchdowns. Uh, you know, and that's uh, – you know, a lot of things, detailing up some stuff. My eyes got to be in the right place. Uh, you know, I got to go through my progressions when I, when I have, and I got to put the ball in the right place. Um, you know, there's there's a few times, and um, you know, overall you can be good, but uh, you know, there's those two or three plays that make a difference in a ball game. Obviously, the like the one that you missed to Paul that we talked about after the game that that's fairly obvious. But are there other times you think that maybe there were bigger plays available downfield that you maybe were looking short? When you talk about your eyes being in the right place, or are there some of those type of plays? Yeah, and and those pop up everywhere, um, and that's the nature of the game and how it's going to happen. And you just try to eliminate those, and that's why um, you know I grind myself during the week and I try to you know grind myself on progressions and reads and what we're looking for on certain coverages and. Because uh, they do a great job game planning and putting stuff together, so um, you know I think that's important moving forward. <clears throat> this off, I mean, you did some things a little differently. Felt in this offense with Steven Sims running the ball, and I mean, there are, are, is there a lot of creativity in this offense? I know you've always talked a lot about how you kind of like this one. Do you, are you seeing a lot of creativity? Yeah, in it? yeah, for sure. There's a ton of ton of new stuff every week, and that's what's fun about coming in to you know each week, each day of install. You just never know what's going to pop up and what you know we're going to call plays and. Uh, who's going to be highlighted on certain plays and uh, what what types of defenses we're trying to attack. Um, Obviously, the Bears' defense has a, a strong reputation, great athletes. Uh, what is it, as you look at the film, that will, will present a particular challenge, or what do they do well? Well, they do a lot of stuff well, um, and they're ranked pretty high, uh, you know, in a lot of categories. Uh, I think, you know, up front, obviously, um, you know, with – uh, the guy they got last year in that trade is it, it makes them it brings them to a whole nother level. So, um, you know, the up front, I think we got our work cut out for us. And they've got a lot of depth, uh, a lot of experience in the back end. Um, some guys who have played together a long time. Uh, I know they got a new defensive coordinator, but, uh, you know, they got a lot of experience playing together. So their communication uh, skills, um, you know, as far as making the right checks and stuff, uh, they do a good job disguising a lot of stuff. So recognizing coverages, recognizing fronts, uh, and then knowing our plan to attack those is, is going to be a key. 
You mentioned up front, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, I'd imagine you're impressed with how the pass protection has been thus far this season. What, what's gone well for you up there, and, and what do you want them to continue to do? Yeah, I think those guys have done a great job, um, and, and they're working their tails off throughout the week. So, um, you know, it's uh, – it's you know it's been a good 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 learning process the the first two weeks and you know just communication um uh just kind of the operation of how things go uh has been good but uh, uh we're continuing to work on that you guys face some pretty hard defenses in the <coughs> cowboys and eagles is there anything you can take away how you guys responded when you think of this bears defensive front on how we responded yeah like from what you guys learned facing tough defenses those first two weeks now knowing that the Bears also have a really strong defense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything we take away from them being great defenses. Um, I mean, we know that, and uh, we're confident in whoever, whoever we play, we're going to line up and, and move the ball and go score touchdowns. Um, you know, everybody in this league is really good. Um, and, you know, we got our work cut out for us again. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Obviously, some of the running game not being there is score and situation-based. You're not going to run it when you're down a bunch in the second half. But what have you seen from the run game that hasn't worked like you guys thought it would so far this year? Uh, you know, it's a thing here, a thing there. Um, you know, that's what uh, you know, the NFL is about is everybody's so fast on the other side of the football and, and so strong and, like, uh, there's, you know, there's this much difference between a, you know, a two-yard run and breaking a, you know, 30-yard run and um, little things like that. And you know, you can talk to those guys up there, but um, you know, it's it's just little things. Everybody doing a little bit more. Uh, this league is tough. It really is. Um, and uh, not not making any excuses at all. I mean, none of us none of us want to be, you know, 0 and 2. Uh, but it is a long season. You know, I'd rather I'd rather win. 10 of my next, you know, 14 than uh, uh, the other way around and start hot and, and finish cold. So um, it's a long season and, you know, we have we have played some good football teams and we're we're getting better every week. What would an effective running game do for this offense? Because you guys have had success through the air. What was the question? <laughs> what would an, uh, an effective running game do for this offense? Because you guys have had success through the air. It does a lot of things, man. Uh, it takes pressure off our defense, um, keeps us, you know, extended drives. Um, you know, it's a lot of things. It brings them up, you know, tighter coverage, load the box so we can throw it over their head. Um, you know, a lot of things. We need to, you know, we need to do better. What's kind of just your process of um, adjusting your eyes, like when watching film? Like, how do, how do you get better at seeing the field as the season progresses? Uh, a lot of things. Knowing what the coaches want from me on certain plays, knowing what defenses they're trying to attack and, uh, you know, seeing, um, you know, seeing my progressions quicker uh, before they even happen and knowing that, okay, I got this defense, it's, you know, pop, pop, pop. You know, I got this defense, it's, you know, the other way or something. So uh, a lot of those things are big. Uh, building off your message to the fans as a team captain, is it a similar message for you to the guys in the locker room looking at this 0-2 start and wanting to get hot starting on Monday? Uh, I mean, for me, like, we, we just have to go to work. Um, you know, you can't look too far ahead. You can't look behind. And that's, that's this league. That's, that's why every week is so tough. We can't take anything for granted. And that's why I love these guys because they, they come to work every day and are, are extremely, uh, extremely dedicated to, to putting in the work. So 
um, you know, we're going to do that. We're going to keep getting better, and you know, we'll see. We'll see where we're at. Um, kind of along those lines, you know, as you know, in any team when you're 0-2, the sky is always falling, right? How easy is it for teams in this league to maybe get things turned around and go in a different direction? Is it, is it an easy thing to do, like it just snaps like that, or in your experience? I mean, it's, it's never easy in this league. Um, nothing is easy. Uh, every day is, you know, you come in and it's really hard. All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 313. We continue to get you ready for the Redskins and the Bears. No official injury report was issued by Jay Gruden because of the extra day of practice, but Jordan Reed was back. Uh, Casanova McKenzie's banged up. Uh, Quentin Dunbar was very, very, very limited. Um, Fabian Moreau got a little bit of work, so that's basically where we're at. We'll have a more official injury report as we get closer and closer to Monday Night Football. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to PJ Elliott. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.